And it's essential dynamics, the philosophy where we learn why we behave, the way we behave as we work and live. I'm Reed McCollum in this and uh, talking today with, uh, as always, with my guru and mentor, Mr. Derek Hudson. Derek, what are you, what are you thinking today? Hey, I'm, I'm thinking that we're about to have a fantastic experience, fantastic intellectual experience. Wow, that would be a first yes. for me. Yes, yes. Uh, um, do you have a notepad? Are you ready? I am ready. Let's go. Uh, are we going to talk about uh, new things, or are we going to? Are you going to teach me? <laughs> so no. So so uh, we have Glenn Vanstone with us today. Glenn and, Vanstone. There yeah, he is. and and Glenn is a former colleague of mine. We started at Edmonton Economic Development within like a couple of weeks of each other. Mm-hmm. And, la- and left ec- Edmonton Economic Development within a couple of weeks of each other in a course of like seven years or something. Um, and Glenn is a mentor to me, particularly in thinking about stuff like frameworks. Oh. And, and uh, so he, does, he didn't know it at the time, but as we were knocking some stuff around trying to, uh, trying to strengthen Edmonton's economy, he planted some seeds which have come out in um in essential dynamics so i really have wanted to have him on and glenn's got his own new venture um and so he's glenn started new west new west networks um so i interested in hearing about that about glenn's journey to how he became um a guy who's an expert in helping businesses grow and then um if we if we get to it i I really want to talk about the drivers part of essential dynamics because Glenn taught me a lot about that. So tons of stuff and Glenn hasn't even had a chance to say anything yet. So we have to stop. Glenn, welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much, Derek. Uh, I'm not sure about the expert part, but it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Always have an opinion. Well, and willing to share. Reed, nice to meet you, sir. Very nice to meet you, sir. I am looking forward to what you have to say. Now, first of all, how did how did you come up with your framework? What is, what is your framework? Uh, well, I'm not sure. It, it, it's not my framework. It's just kind of how I was looking at um, the economy in general. Obviously, with, with Derek at, and uh, Edmonton Economic Development, uh, spent a lot of time thinking and working within the economy and about the economy, uh, both here and abroad. So, uh, my framework is really kind of how I was approaching uh, what our our needs are and where we need to go uh, with respect to our economic future. So that kind of framework uh, also kind of sang along very much with the idea of essential dynamics, the purpose, what direction we need to go, why, uh, what the competition against this was, the drives that we had working for us and the things that were holding us back. Excellent. Well, you can, it sounds like you can illustrate our philosophy very well. Uh, I'd like to, our, this perspective anyway, it's not, uh, I, I would, uh, I'd be very interested in hearing more. Where did you start your quest? Uh, interestingly enough, um, uh, quest of course changes over uh, career, right? So, um, backtracking a little bit to uh, tie it in with the central dynamics. Um, Alberta born and bred, always been around here, wanted to get out of high school and earn a wage, you know, 
young man, let's earn a buck and, and live life. Um, <clears throat> shortly after I said, I didn't work out. So ended up uh, trying to go back to school, ran into the first recession period, the National Energy Program, and ended up getting um, uh, what was supposed to be a short part-time job working over at uh, Air Canada, the International Airport. Um, that translated into a 22-year career uh, with Air Canada on the ground side, the airport side of the business. Um, and it was traumatic. That was the time when the industry itself was transforming from uh, what it was to the direction it is today. Uh, a decades-long battle for control of Canada's skies, everything from uh, uh, restructuring, bankruptcies, 9-11, all of that process and automation, et cetera. Really kind of an interesting time to formulate uh, the ideas. Uh, and it's really kind of where I think maybe my path and began or, or my quest when because of all these industry forces, uh, my company at the time made that strategic decision to we'll call it abandon the community in favor of the fortress hub mentality that they were using to deal with global aviation change. Uh, that didn't sit very well with me. And I was, had chose this place to raise my family. And, and so uh, I wanted to see that the community succeeded despite having uh, something like a major carrier say, no, not you, we're going to go over here. So <clears throat> that began my separation from Air Canada. But in that time, I also had a role during the, uh, the bankruptcy process where a number of us were seconded from our regular jobs and tasked with this two-year assignment to um, take waste out of the organization. We had to reduce costs. And so when I think about purpose A or, and purpose B or X and Y, here you had a carrier that was, its role from an everyday kind of deliverable was air service for Canadians and, and communities to, to move passengers back and forth. And purpose Y, which was save the company from <laughs> further bankruptcy and, and uh, 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 destruction by tearing things apart. So I was a, an agent of change who hated change myself, but I was, you know, accountable for that process. So we had these two dynamics going on at the same time. And that was interesting, but underlying all of it was that how do I help my community succeed when it's been kind of diminished, if you will, in terms of what I thought was essential for growth, meaning access to markets. And that's, that's been a theme through all of my, my career ever since. Eventually got tired of, of uh, uh, chasing airplanes, went over to the airports, and uh, I was going to keep my boots on the ground. Ended up very quickly in a role of promoting the community into international markets and other jurisdictions uh, on the basis of connectivity. How does, through air service, how does a community connect with global markets, with other opportunities? It becomes an essential part of of modern business life. And so here I am in five continents doing hundreds of presentations promoting uh, the opportunity that Alberta and, and our community in region in particular represented. Uh, and it was 
that's when it started to form, uh, I think, maybe some of the detail that manifested itself into the drivers and constraints piece. The fundamental question that I was, I was wrestling with was, why is it that communities differ? Why is what makes one city thrive, one community or region thrive, and others not? They all have the same essential ingredients. Is it, is it luck? Is it timing? What, what is it that makes uh, one community able to be more resilient, more, more prosperous in essentially the same kind of an economic climate at a macro level compared to the next one? So this is what I wrestled with when I, I, I talk often about the blessing and the curse where I had the opportunity to see how other communities responded to their opportunities, embrace those opportunities or dealt with them. And when I would fly back here, it became kind of very close. It was Canada itself was not very global in that perspective. Other communities had far broader kind of uh, a global awareness of what those opportunities are. And yet it was, it was a curse for me to come back here to a certain extent and still wrestle with the status quo. So, so that's where it kind of tied in. So Glenn, um, we met at Edmonton Economic Development. Did Edmonton Economic Development find you or did you find Edmonton Economic Development? Because it sounds like you're already on a mission to, uh, to get to bring the community into where the potential that you saw others were, others had. Yeah, I got I got asked. I was invited to um, uh, to to come in and, and chat with the team when uh, uh, when I left the airports, and so we kind of found each other. I saw Edmonton Economic Development as a broader brush to work with versus primarily just the the, the scope of air service connectivity. This, this allowed me to deal with a broader spectrum of businesses and interests and all those kind of tangible and intangibles associated with something as complex as an economic system of a community in a region. How do you, if I may jump in here, Glenn, how do you measure success in a community? Like how does a, how do you say a, one community is thriving and one is not? Well, I think that there's, there's, it's always been a challenge of how do you measure prosperity? How do you measure thrive? People talk about, you know, hey, GDP group numbers are up and all that kind of great stuff or employment numbers are up. Uh, but it, that to me was never satisfactory. What, what made a community um, more successful than another? Uh, well, certainly there was the, the economic angle was was a community able to continue to increase in terms of number of businesses and jobs and opportunities and at the same time cultivate a, a, a more exciting market and more environment place for people to live, grow and, and, and raise families. Part of it also was, is it a place where businesses can prosper in their space and, and be successful? And, and I always had a globalist view in that global context. And so on one side, you have communities that are excellent in one and others have a more broader success spectrum, if you will, that are able to, to capitalize on all that. Measuring success becomes 
something that moves a lot, but I think everybody knows when their community is successful, thriving or prosperous and when it isn't. Everybody knows that's, that's fascinating. Hey, Glenn. Um, so in, in the context uh, of, you know, where you're setting us up here in um, helping communities and, and let me, if I just kind of frame it up this way, when we talk about the path in essential dynamics, we talk about the drivers that help you move forward, the natural forces that help you move forward and the constraints that are the things that hold you back. When you were at Air Canada and you were, you were fighting waste, it was all kind of on the constraint side, right? Like what are the, what are the things that we're doing that aren't, aren't adding value? Let's get rid of them. Um, I'm really interested. And there's, there's tons of work on lean and constraints and Six Sigma that's, that's uh, been done for many years. That's really helpful. But I always feel like the driver's side is neglected. Um, tell, tell me about your view on drivers, whether it's uh, in economies or for companies. What, what have you learned about that? Well, <clears throat> framing that up, it's an interesting question because you're absolutely right. Everybody can tell you what's wrong, but not easily are they able to tell you what really works and moves their businesses forward. So frame this up a little bit more. At, uh, toward the end of the, at the EDC, we were working on a strategic plan, uh, economic plan for uh, Edmonton. Uh, any strategy is meant to overcome some defined challenge. Otherwise, why would you have a strategy? It's not a calendar item. It's, it's, it's meant to deal with, with uh, something that you have to overcome. For me, it came down to what was the Alberta slash the Edmonton condition that we were faced. And I've always framed this out to say that, quite frankly, uh, our current economy is built to optimize on economic conditions that no longer exist. Mm. They, they did before, they don't, but we're built for something that we're misaligned. And what is that? So put it in a, in another context, a lot of businesses would talk about the opportunity of Edmonton region, but in a different way that they do in other markets, for example, um, they would say Alberta is where you go to make money, not to earn it. And it's an important distinction when, when you think about what's the makeup of our economy. Um, so in that challenge, how do we reshape our economic system? I just want to jump in. I I don't understand the difference between making money and earning it. Well, think about it as uh, Alberta had prospered as an economic engine for so long, right? Canada's economic engine was part of that phrasing. Um, Quite frankly, Alberta lives on uh, investment capital. That's what drove the Alberta economy. That's what drove businesses. So making money was getting in on the action. There was billions and billions of dollars coming into the province virtually unsolicited. It was energy dollars that were pouring into Alberta. So businesses wouldn't build headquarters. They would send branch operations because they wanted to make uh, money versus building a business up. That's the big issue we have is we don't scale businesses in this province. Um, It's a Canadian issue too. So if we think about that context, uh, economic systems are really complex. 
multiple variables. You had Dr. Clark in who talked about complexity versus uh, what's complicated. Complexity has all these variables of interplay. So the challenge is thinking about how do we affect an economic system? Um, this is where the idea of what drivers and constraints go through. When we talk to the thousand business voices in preparation for the strategy plan, they would all talk about what was holding them back. It was very easy for businesses to identify their barriers because it was the things that they were trying to deal with on a daily basis. But when you turn around and say, well, what drives your business? It's not much weaker. Businesses were, some of these guys were having, what do you mean, what drives my business? Customers drive my business. No, no, but every business has customers, otherwise you're not in business. So what, what drives you forward? And that was really kind of hard. It was difficult for them to articulate. It was a particular element that was important. So we had to work through all of that and try to sift that out. The idea, I think, that we were um, building the, the, the um, drivers and constraints model around was, hold it. <clears throat> Let's make something here is more fundamental, which was you talk about purpose and path and how that applies to individuals. And businesses are just a conglomeration of, of individuals, same as communities. My underlying belief is that every single day, everybody wakes up with the intention of creating value to yes. fulfilling their purpose. Uh, whether it's help your family grow, uh, keep your kids safe, you know, build your career and, or aspire to, to some achievement. Everybody wants to create value. That's a natural energy. So growth, translated from that says that economic power really resides in that natural energy, the desire to create value, to roll up sleeves, to put in some energy to accomplish something better than it was the day before. So in an unconstrained environment, you have unfettered growth, right? Everything would grow if there were no constraints. So you need the constraints as much as you need the drivers. It's the balance of what drivers and the strength of the constraints that perhaps can be molded. Can you affect a given constraint in order to augment a particular driver that will create the conditions that allow businesses and the communities to thrive and prosper? That's the fundamental theory behind the uh, idea of how do we take an economy that is not built for the current state or the future state, and how do we manipulate that to create the conditions by which businesses and communities can thrive and prosper? So it's sure. fundamental, this balance of uh, drivers and constraints. So I love what, what you're saying. I, I'm sorry, Derek. I was just, yeah. I love what you're saying because you, are embracing, in fact, even endorsing the constraints uh, that using using what we consider often opposition or disadvantage or hurdles that we must jump. And you, what you're just saying, I what I heard was that we need those in order to grow. Yes, 
They need that kind of balance. And, and so back to my equation, what makes one community thrive and prosper in, in current times and others fall behind because they failed to adjust? And so is it our intention or should it be our intention not to just say we need more investment because that's what we're built for, or we need to create the condition, the balance of drivers and constraints that allow businesses to be able to compete and win in other markets. And I make that distinction because that adds a new dimension. The imbalance that I talk about is we have way too many wealth servicing companies. Back to the story of people come here to make money, not earn it versus the number of businesses that are actually generating wealth by creating goods and services that the world wants. And my argument also is that the world wants what we've got. They want good food. They want good health medicines. They want education and they want the technology to control their environment. Light when it's dark, heat when it's cold. What is Alberta made up of? We have a fantastic healthcare system. We've got a strong, durable and, and lengthy agricultural base. We sure as heck have technologies around the environment and we have these educational platforms. So we've got all the stuff that the world really wants, but what we don't have is the environment that allows businesses to say, okay, Alberta, you know, it's not enough anymore. We need to compete and win in a global arena. And we don't do that very well in, in a large statement. Like if there are good companies here that are really kicking butt globally, but as a culture, as an economy, we don't have those conditions that celebrate, encourage, and, and really formulate how do we take great companies or good companies that have done very well servicing the Alberta market and help them transform into businesses to compete and win internationally. Because when you generate wealth from beyond and it comes back here, it translates into growth, scaling jobs, opportunities. And that to me is, is the path that we need to think about. Balance the drivers and constraints, create the conditions that make it desirable for companies to say, I was great at making widgets for the oil sector. Can I make doomahickeys that the world wants in some other space? And if so, I can do that, let's go. So Glenn, this is really inspiring. And, and you learned this when you were a public servant and, and, and now you're an entrepreneur. What, tell me about your new venture and how this, how it ties into this, uh, this thinking that, that you've developed. Well, I think that uh, now you have introduced what's happened uh, over the last two years, right? So COVID occupied everything, uh, put companies into stasis mode, and again, in general terms. Uh, but now we're emerging from what is a post-pandemic environment. Uh, well, the issues that we had prior to COVID are the same economic issues we have post-COVID, just with different color. The work that we're doing is really targeting those businesses that have reached that point where they're saying, I was great in uh, what worked before, but I need to compete and win in new markets. And so 
our, what we're doing is focusing on those companies that need to scale and grow in new markets, really kind of stretch out. How do I take my services or my products? How do I customize them? Bruce was talking about uh, product development versus project uh, development or product management versus project management. And how do we help those organizations say, I got to do something I don't know where to go. I don't know what I need to do next. I don't know what to do with my organization, but I know I need to go and compete and win. And if I'm going to be durable and grow in the long term, So there, I think there's more of those companies and that's a space that's currently a vacuum in the, I'll call it in the, in the public context right now, too often we let companies um, get from that. Great. You're a company now. Good luck but we don't do a good job at all, or we have, don't have a system or a culture that says, so I'm 50 employees, how do I get to 500? And I can't do that in, if I stick my nose just solely in, in the Alberta market. I need to get into South America. I need to get into uh, areas that are new to me. We work with companies that have kind of got to that space, but they're also, um, humble, they're willing to learn, they, they understand the challenge, uh, but they're ready to roll up sleeves and get after it. And that's, that's the space where we're, we're adding in a little bit of what we know, what we've learned, and see if we can help them be successful. So we should probably ask, what's the name of the company and how can people find you? Uh, it's New West Networks, New West. Uh, and the easiest thing is to give me a shout, drop me a line, Glenn at New West Networks, and uh, we'll see what we can do. Again, there are companies out there that have merged from uh, pandemic world and are looking at the landscape and saying, I'm at the end. Where do I go now? And if they're willing to learn, willing to do and put the, the legwork in, they can Glenn, compete and win. Glenn, we'll have to check in with you and find out more about uh, about how those some of those success stories are going and how some of those uh, local, rather, I mean, to us, to Alberta, mm-hmm. uh, companies are thriving, and we want to know. And uh, so we'll be checking in with you again. I want to thank you very much for joining us today and telling us a little bit about your journey and how it started. I so appreciate what you've had to say and uh, especially your work. Please continue to help our economy and uh, and help people in general. Thank you very much, Glenn Vanstone, our guest here today in Essential Dynamics. His contact information will be on the show notes. Derek, how do people reach you? You can find me at derekhudson.ca on the web, and I look forward to hearing what people think about what we're doing here on Essential Dynamics. I look forward to that too. Until next time, I'm Reed McCollum, and for Bryn Griffiths in the studio, consider your quest. Yay!